Krista and Kate here from Life Unhurried and today uh, we are doing a podcast with Karina Sharp, a professional photographer and mum of two who packed up their life for three months, was it? Four months. Four months and took an extended holiday trip out into the Australian outback and um, I know many people have thought about doing that with their families and kind of gets put in the too hard basket or they don't know how they could organize to do it so Karina's going to tell us all about how they managed to pack up and take the family away for a few months welcome Karina hi Hi. thanks for having me so lots of families in Australia actually do this dream trip around with um four-wheel drive caravan kids in the back the whole setup did you find it difficult to actually set up and get away? Uh, not really. We, I suppose we had a bit of the benefit that almost exactly 10 years earlier, Neil and I had done it without kids. So we'd done eight months in the back of a Nissan patrol. Um, and so we had a pretty good idea of what it took we really had no idea what it meant to do it with kids, but we we knew more or less the setup that we probably would need to have. Um, and then it was just a matter of trying to rethink what we would need to rethink in order to keep kids entertained and engaged in the idea. Mm-hmm. What were you doing the first time? Were you both were you working for other people? Or were you working for yourselves when you first did it? Um, I had been at a consultancy in Melbourne, so we were in Melbourne at the time. And uh, Neil is definitely not a city guy or a concrete jungle type guy. So he was pretty keen to get out of the city. And our plan was just to pack up at that, that trip was to pack up and travel until we found where we would end up living. So we were sort of homeless during that trip. Um, and I, yeah, so I'd been at a consultancy and resigned and he was working for himself and just... So you were both ready for a change. We were ready for a change, yeah. So now that you do have kids, and how old are your kids now? Uh, our eldest is almost 10 and the younger one, so Jonah's the eldest, he's almost 10 and Avi is, uh, seven. So they're both, um school age yeah. did you find it um, nerve-wracking or difficult to pull them out of school for that period of time or did you feel that it would be beneficial to their education what was your whole mindset behind that uh, I I myself had no doubt that it would be of benefit I was pretty sure that the the benefit would outweigh anything else um, we know a lot of people that go for 12 months, so we we're pretty certain four months mm. would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we also knew that the, so at the time they were uh, nine and six. So we knew that they were at a really good age. So they were, they were old enough to really enjoy it and remember it. And they weren't yet too old that four months without their peers would be too difficult. Mm-hmm. But we probably knew another, mm. I don't know, 18 months and we were probably getting into that mm. mateship. What did yeah. their teachers think? Um, all the teachers 
that were surrounding us at the time were really supportive. A lot of them had done their rural teaching mm -hmm. in outback Queensland yeah. or those areas and they were they just said go mm -hmm. the the amount that they'll learn mm -hmm. from experience will be amazing and because so many people's lives are so structured these days i mean parents go to work and it's usually two parents working kids go to school every day a lot of people don't actually get the opportunity to do what you guys have done how do you think it's helped you grow as a family and also as individuals all right. There's lots mm -hmm. to that question. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, well, I suppose to begin with, we both work for ourselves, mm -hmm. so it was more a part of. It, it was more a case of deciding, could we go for that amount of time and come back and still have feet to stand on? I suppose, um, and we worked really hard in I suppose the four months leading up to that, to that, so that we could we could go and not have to try and work on the way. Um, and then as a family, I think we've, we just l learnt so much about each other. I mean, by, by that age of kids, you're starting to have actual people and, you know, that have their own ideas about things and their own personality and their own um, ways so having that intensive time means that you really get to know pe get to know everyone as people I suppose um, which you, it, like pe people mm. are, I mean do try to have quality family time at home but they're still so busy like we are still so, you know trying to slot everything into yeah. a really tight schedule and whereas you guys in that situation you really do have time yeah. to all get to know each other. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of time. But again, we were surprised at the lack of idle time on mm. the road. So I don't know whether it was the way that we did it, but I remember the first trip without kids and, you know, you'd have these leisurely afternoons by the campfire and um, I just remember there being quite a lot more chilled out time <laughs> but we had all these plans of you know all the things we were going to do along the way like um I mean we 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 did do a blog but we never finished the blog and <laughs> we Neil had brought parts to make wind turbine along the way <laughs> because we were you know we were trying to teach the kids about resources and all yeah. the things that we had to do in order to live you know quite normally on the road he had all these parts with him that he was going to scavenge for the things that he didn't have and put put it together and make some energy with a wind <laughs> turbine and these things just never came out because it's a great it, idea though it just wasn't it just wasn't yeah. there wasn't yeah wow there there was time to be bored and then probably by the time you might be bored, it there was that time was over. Yeah. So. Okay. So realistically, I mean, it sounds very fairy tale taking all of this time off and hitting the road and everything. Yeah. But in real life, yeah, was it actually quite hard because you did have to try and fit work in and make sure the kids were being entertained and all that sort of thing. I mean, how much work were you doing every day to 
keep your income up to the standard well, that you could keep going? We we didn't do a lot of work, income based work, yeah, um, much at all. Not until the end, and that was only because I told all my clients we would be four months, and Neil told all his he would be three. Mm-hmm. And so people started calling him <laughs> in the last month. Yeah. So you guys um, financially saved for the trip beforehand. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say preparation is everything. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the setup, in terms of going um, on practice trips, in, especially in terms of food, um, research about where you're going, where the supermarkets are, what you can actually get. Are they actually open on a Saturday? Um, when you're in the outback. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff that becomes quite important Mm -hmm. and it's hard to practice when you live in a real, well, an urban area or a suburban area Mm -hmm. because you sometimes can't quite fathom what facilities aren't going to be easily available. Mm -hmm. So there was that sort of work. Yeah. Um, And thinking ahead of... How long till we're going to be next in society and how much do we need to buy and can we keep that much food mm-hmm. fresh and mm-hmm. what do we need to eat these next three days in order to mm-hmm. have stuff for the final four days? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Um, so that was the kind of work, I suppose, that just became the normal way of of doing the day yeah and I forget the rest of your question oh, that's okay. <laughs> it really well yeah. and in terms of leaving your old life behind or your sorry not old life but normal life behind yeah. um did you rent your house out um did you leave your cars at home how did all that work so one car we left with a lovely friend who drove it once a week to make sure it kept going and we airbnb'd our place while we were gone but we had a manager which meant that we didn't have to be in communication at all awesome. so um, obviously part of the earnings went to her but it you know it was worthwhile mm-hmm. um, yeah so that actually helped pay for your mortgage and everything while you were gone yeah yeah so yeah. you didn't have to stress about that that's, that's right part of it yeah yeah great idea things like Airbnb and technology these days definitely makes it easier for yeah. families and, and people in general to kind of have the so-called van life and take their lives on the road and um, be able to either work and travel or yeah. create an income from what they have at home. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Did, did you find it hard technology-wise? Because you both, well, most people who travel and hold jobs do rely on the internet and yeah, communication. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Being in Outback Australia, was that a difficult thing to connect sometimes? Well, it was really a bit bizarre because we were both... I mean, it comes down to phone networks, really. We were were both with Optus and as soon as we kind of left... We we went north, so we're in Queensland. Went north and then we went west. And we... And I'm probably going to get this a little mixed up, but basically... The first part of our trip, everywhere we went, it seemed to be Telstra. And we were kicking ourselves that we didn't think ahead and go, oh, you know, we should have changed carriers. Mm. Mm. And then we'd get to a whole nother region and there was no Telstra, it was all Optus. Mm. And so we were the ones that actually had 
reception. Mm. So it was really bizarre. And then you'd be in a place and there'd be absolutely nothing and then the wind would change and text <laughs> messages would come in and you'd really quickly try and send, you know, which yeah. which one do I have to respond to because I probably have like two minutes. Um, so that, so was, that would have been quite a like a change of mindset because yeah. I mean you're so used to having internet all the time yeah that I suppose it would have been a shock to yeah. yeah you you do I mean initially it's a bit of a shock and maybe a bit traumatic <laughs> and then yeah. you kind of sink into it mm-hmm. and then you'll get into reception and often you do one of two things you either I like a child in a candy store and you're like, (laughs) give me my phone. I've got like 10 minutes that I need to do all these things. Or sometimes you're just like, actually, there's nothing I really need to do. I need to act. I need to maybe call ahead to Mm. that town for something. And, you know, did the kids know? Because, I mean, at, at home, the kids would take for granted being able to get, you know, whatever food they want when yep. they want it, television, phone. Did they notice that difference? Like, do you think that experience for them was good in the way that it made them... Um, because so many kids today would never have that experience yeah. of not having everything when they want it. And so did your kids notice it and say anything? Yeah. Well, we, we did limit a lot of the screens that we gave them on the trip. Mm-hmm. So we had... A bit of a game plan from the beginning for that so they never and they we sort of explained it to them before we left so they never really expected to get a lot of screen time so I guess from that perspective they probably weren't even aware of when mm. we had reception and when we didn't yeah um, they were quite aware I think food yes mm. so they would know that there was probably really good snacks the day that we do a shop and you know potentially not as much later on or they knew which fruit they could probably get away with having the first few days and then they're on to oranges (laughs) um but I think in terms of resources Mm. it was probably more power Mm. that they got used to knowing so they'd know they the questions they'd be asking is do we have power here or are we on solar? Mm. Or? Most kids would never, these no. days in cities, would never yeah. experience that. Yeah. They so, never even have to think twice about whether there's going to be power or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the things that we did was try and get them really aware of the resources. So mm. they they knew when we needed to fill up with water and petrol and we made them look at what the petrol costs were. So they got to know when it was really expensive mm-hmm. and when it was quite normal. Um, and yeah, water, fuel, food, and what power we were on. That's good. So, like we've talked about how that, how those things in our everyday life going without them are massive inconveniences, Mm. but on the flip side, not having them, did that make your mind slow down or was it quite a relief in a certain way to not have that in your life so much for a period of time yeah internet yeah I think it's a really hard thing to do in a self-disciplined way Mm. I think to really experience that almost cold turkey 
no social media type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to put yourself into that, but mm-hmm. when you're forced into it and it sort of does, you know, it's more than five days and you sort of get, you break that habit of picking up your phone and checking mm-hmm. it to see if there's anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, gee, it's nice. Mm. Yeah, I think we're not always aware at how much sort of constantness, oh, that's not even a word, how much that is in our day, mm. the mm-hmm. constant, that as a constant, mm-hmm. and um, how, how much energy is, is kind of mm. in that. Mm-hmm. So without knowing it, yeah. everything probably just started to yeah. slow down yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely consciously yeah. and did you find that that freed your own mind to think about new things that maybe you didn't have time or energy to think about yeah i think so as i think you're just much more observant of what's around and not mm-hmm. not even necessarily observant in that oh that looks great i'm going to photograph it or mm-hmm. something it, mm-hmm. even just oh, wow, look, that's, look how beautiful that is. Or look, that's that same bird. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the in terms of nature and wildlife, that was one of the things that you just get so used to having around you all the time. And that, that sinking into the rhythm of the day or the rhythm of yep. nature, you, you know your whole sleeping and waking gets tuned in with the sun and it changes as you move around the country because the sun changes. Mm. So up north, it was dark until 7am. So we'd all be asleep until Mm. 7am and then you might, you know, two months later, you're all up at 5.30 because the sun's up at 5.30. So you live less, less by time. Because, in fact, because you're not looking at your phone, because you've got no reception, you're not looking at the clock on there. And my mm. watch broke early on in the trip, so mm. we didn't even really know what time it was. That's wow. Nice. So you're really living by the sun. Yeah, you live by the sun yeah. and you live by your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Did you meet other many other families on the road that were yeah, doing the same we, thing? Yeah, we... We were surprised at the beginning because we didn't see a lot mm-hmm. in the first month. Probably in the first month, we saw a lot of grey nomads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could have been the time or it could have been where we were. But once we... Probably once we got... Or maybe even through to Northern Territory, there were a lot more families. Um, and a lot, a lot more of the types of families doing a year-long trip. And we made really good friends in Lorella Springs, which is on the Gulf of Carpentaria as you go around the Savannah Way. We made really good friends there and then caught up with them again in Darwin and then caught up with them again in Kakadu. And then we went our separate ways and all were a bit sad. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, you do... Did you talk about... You exchange stories about some of your experiences so were other families feeling the same way that you guys were yeah yeah Yeah. they were um and it was interesting because those particular friends were going for a year and they were seven months in Mm. and we felt like we'd been on the road forever but we were only two months in so 
Yeah, it was different. They'd gone through the different stages. Mm. Yeah. As you know, when you get when do you get homesick and when do you get mm. over getting homesick? Yeah. When does it start feeling like you can't do it and then mm. you get over that bit? And mm. The cycles. Yeah. So, what were some of the your favorite things that you saw along the way? Well, most of the things were unexpected, the things that were mm-hmm. our favourites. Um, some of the things we expected to be our favourites, we'd built up a bit too much in our mind mm. or it just, things are different with kids, so you, mm. they're unpredictable. Because um, it's, I think a lot of people, a lot of international travellers don't realise how big Australia is and yeah. how... Mm. you know much driving there is and how much land there is with nothing yeah. in between yeah it you can drive for days and not see anything it really gives you and that's for the kids as well you don't understand australia and i suppose looking at the history of australia um and my family is i think five generations been in australia so you get a real sense of the country and that the struggle that people would have gone through um but that that sense of space and heat and Mm. barrenness and but then vast beauty you just you can't understand that unless you're in it Mm -hmm. those painted mountains i saw i didn't even know that existed no spectacular yeah that was probably my favorite Mm. of the whole where was that so that's called the Painted Desert, mm-hmm. and it's in South Australia, and it's um, so it's south of Alice Springs and north of Cooper Pedy. Mm. Yeah. So if you look up, there's a few areas in there with similar names, but there's the Painted Desert, and then there's, there's the Painted Hills. Mm. Um, and the Painted Hills you can only get to by helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys go up in a helicopter? You did, didn't yeah, you? We, yeah, I, I did. I went yeah. to the Painted Hills in the helicopter. Mm. But the Painted Desert, you can drive in. And yeah. it's just amazing. The, the colour, it's just pastel colours through mm. these hills. And it's just the type of, de- it's not, it's just not that red desert. Yeah, that, that you, most people expect. That most people would expect, yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. What about the boys? What did they like the most um well they're funny so they liked anything that had a swimming pool really <laughs> so the caravan parks were the highlights <laughs> so for them probably one of the coolest things was in in Kakadu where you cross over to Arnhem Land it's called Car Hills Crossing and it's a tidal river and it's full of crocs and of course yeah it's full of crocs and the crocs know the tides and so when the tide changes and the the water starts to flow in so the water turns to flow in from the sea so it's bringing fish in Mm -hmm. from the sea they all gather around this particular crossing because i think the fish must sort of jump over oh wow the the stone road yeah and so the water's kind of dropped and there's all these crocs literally lined up with their heads all 
all facing the same way. We yeah. counted 18 oh huge crocodiles. Oh wow. And they're just waiting. They've, they actually lay almost with their front fingers out of the water because they're feeling wow. for the vibration of the fish. And then you'll see one move the head and snap. Oh, my God. It's almost the equivalent of the bears and the salmon. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. the same. It's yep. basically the same thing. Um, but just to be... I mean, you're up on a high bank and you can't actually... Unless you fell in, you wouldn't mm. want to fall in. No. But, <laughs> but to see a spe- wow. spectacle of like nature, that. And they're, yeah. there, they're there the next day. Well, I had never heard about that. I didn't no, know that existed here in yeah. Australia. So, so that, that sounds they like, found that. That's amazing. Where is really that again? Cool. So that's in the very north of Kakadu National Park. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm, incredible. So it wasn't the stereotypical Australian tourism shots that you loved. It was those off the off the beaten track yeah in fact i mean uluru or ez rock was amazing yeah um and i think this one was because of the kids i wanted to like sit there in some zen space and have a whole spiritual Mm. thing which didn't happen for me but that was probably more just the circumstances but for me the the moment <laughs> the cool moment for me was when you're driving along and you first see the rock mm-hmm. in that you know telltale postcard mm. picture and I'm like oh my god it's real yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that because you've like, seen it so many times wow. before in yeah. pictures yeah. and movies and all that sort of thing yeah I think <laughs> that's the same with most iconic things even yeah. though you've seen pictures when you just get that first glimpse all of a sudden you just get this wave of excitement over you it's yeah it's such a good feeling yeah Yeah. in fact there's a rock I don't remember its name it's an I think it's a mount something Mm -hmm. but it's I think it's about 10 k's before you see Ayers Rock or Mm -hmm. maybe even more so you drive along and you see this rock and you go oh my god there it is and then you go Hey, that doesn't look right. <laughs> and then you look at the map and you go, oh no, that's not it. <laughs> so it's like it's a like smaller a version of all the room that yeah. no one knows about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Classic. Uh, so all in all, to wrap up this conversation, and um, would you recommend doing this with kids? Like is as a Definitely. trip for families? Yeah, yeah I or think... I think that it teaches, I mean, as a family, it's so worthwhile, as long as you like each other, I suppose, at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Um, it really does help bonding and yeah. quality time and, and help it you. it is doable. It's like, doable. So many families go, I want to do this, but can we give up our jobs? Can we take the kids out of school? You know, it was three, four months that you guys were four away months, yeah. um, and in the bigger picture, it wasn't that big a I don't deal. think it's to take I don't that time out of your normal no, life. No, I don't think it's worth that it, it's worth not doing because of what you may miss. Yeah. Um, I think when you step away from your life like that, after probably two months you get to look back at your life and the way you were potentially living and see it objectively. Yeah. And be able to say, well, hey, that I'm doing a lot, was perhaps we were doing a lot of things that weren't giving us the type of life or type of um, 
experience that we want in our life you know so I couldn't have seen that when I'm in it I can only see that from a distance and Mm. what changes can we make when we get back to bring about the type of life that we actually want and that we want our kids to have it's like a bit of a reset isn't it yeah Mm. yeah thanks so much Karina for giving us the insight on your amazing trip and um I know I just felt I felt like I just went on that complete journey with you yeah inspiring and yeah you made it sound so doable um that you know any families out there that are thinking or have thought oh you know we we should do this and they never get around to it or it gets put in the too hard basket um it's not that hard to organize and for for the return on what you get from you know that experience with your family it's so worth it yeah yeah definitely I think that we're still seeing the benefits every day Mm -hmm. of that experience for for all of us Mm -hmm. um as I guess as adults in our in what both Neil and I are doing we've made changes since we came back Mm -hmm. to take on things that we were perhaps scared of or avoiding or whatever that were big dreams of ours but we're making those happen because we saw that we weren't making them happen and every day with the kids we see how confident they are and how they're able to talk to adults and kids and um they just kind of know themselves as well yeah which is a huge thing Mm -hmm. for kids Awesome. Well, if anyone wants to um, check out more of your story, they can have a look at your blog at The Short and the Sharp. Yep. Is that right? Yep, theshortandsharp.com.au. And so your fabulous Instagram account. Karina underscore Jean underscore Sharp. Yeah, and Thank can you. I say Karina's photography is amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So well worth having a look. And of course, and read our story on lifeunhurried.com where we'll have yeah. a transcript of this interview and also some of Karina's amazing photography. Thank you, Karina. Thanks, Karina. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye.